Dreamsofamedia.com presents... When will I learn? The answer to life's problems aren't at the bottom of a bottle. <laughs> They're on Noiseland Arcade. With Craig WK. He's just a little shy because I've tried to kill him so many times. And Sean, the arcade phantom. An underachiever. And yet he seems to be... How should I put this? Proud of it? They're violent and they distract you from your schoolwork. Well, time to hit the books. Welcome to Noiseland Arcade. I am Craig WK, and with me, as always, is my buddy the Sean the Arcade Phantom. Happy Halloween, kind of early, Craig. Yeah, and if you're not listening to this episode, you know, during the month of October, well, you can just go ahead and ignore this entirely. Uh, because Everyone's the- listening in October. <laughs> Why would you listen to Treehouse of Horrors not in October? <laughs> so we are... Of course, going to be talking about Treehouse of Horror 2. And uh, Sean, when did this episode first release? Halloween, October 31st, 1991. Yeah, so in this chilling episode, Homer, Bart, and Lisa eat too much candy right before bed, and each one of them has a terrifying nightmare, giving us three short stories. So, speaking of that air date, I've actually got a story before we even get into this. Oh, yeah? So, Halloween 1991, Uh I was out trick-or-treating. And getting a lot of candy. Yeah, okay. to get a big haul, but I had to get home in time to watch this episode. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I remember vividly, like, the episode starting and being, like, down the block and having to run home as quick as I could. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't necessarily have a lot of memories of, of this uh, uh, wintry uh, Halloween. Now... I do have uh, uh, some news right off the bat. It's, uh, it's, it's certainly depressing news, as it always is for me, but it's not as bad as it usually is. It's a little nostalgic. Okay, go for it. So, in 1991, uh, you know, when this episode would have been airing, there was uh, what was known as the 1991 Halloween Blizzard. Starting on October 31st, so starting, you know, when this episode first aired and then continuing until November 3rd, a large storm appeared in the Atlantic Ocean and then funneled moisture from the Gulf of Mexico and made its way north, pummeling Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska, South Dakota, Wisconsin, uh, with record early season snowfall. Uh, Now, Michigan would have caught a little bit of that as well, but apparently that's where the bulk of it really hit. Uh, So from... uh, uh, you, you had from around 5 to 10 inches on the first day, uh, and by the last day, it was ending with like 10 to 25 inches of snow. It's ridiculous. Now, sounds awesome. I love the snow, so that sounds so good. Now, there is a downside to this. Uh, between the blizzard and the ice storm, 22 were killed and over 100 people were injured. This is a really bad storm. However, I implore everybody to search online for pictures of the 1991 Halloween blizzard it is so nostalgic to look at all these pictures of people like you know shuffling snow and it's like it's just that you know the 80s have just ended the 90s have just begun there's that like wonderful wonderful nostalgia looking at all this and of course for our younger viewers you know it doesn't mean as much to you guys but for anybody who would have been around back then and can have you know memories i strongly recommend looking up pictures of uh people dealing with this storm do you remember what you were dressed as for halloween was it weather appropriate Man, I don't remember. I know in the the early 90s, 
when I was a kid, I typically did like one of my go tos was like soldier. Like I had like the fatigues, you know, and yeah. like a like a, a toy AR fifteen assault rifle, you know, with the red tip at the top. Uh yeah. I, I like G.I. Joe, so I won his cousin it this year from the Adams family. Really? Big fuzzy thing, little tiny top hat. Man. Yeah, that was the perfect costume for a cold, cold Halloween. Yeah, that would have been a great costume. I was in, like, Desert Storm fatigues. I, I was dressed for the desert. I was super excited that Adam's family was coming out, like, in November. Oh, man. Because that was this year. Crazy. Now, uh, Sean, how about for you? What kind of uh, uh, news do you have that was happening around uh, the world at this time? So I got some weird news. Yeah? So when you think Halloween, mm-hmm. you, you think horror movies, typically. Sure, yeah, yeah. Scary movies, yeah. So... Wes Craven, creator mm-hmm. of Wishmaster, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, Wes, yeah, I know Wes Craven. Master I, of Horror. Sure, sure. Put out a little film Yeah. called People Under the Stairs. Sounds scary. And it's about breaking into this house, and it's, it's like a horror comedy almost. Oh, okay. It came out on November 1st. W- really? Yeah. Like, I had to stop when I was doing my research and like look this up to be sure. It came out after. It came out after Halloween. Does that make any sense to you? Is it because it's also comedy? So he was like trying to go for the gag of like it's not even released on Halloween? I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was super weird that it was the day after Halloween. That is weird. Was Wes Craven, uh, and I don't want to take us down too much of a rabbit hole, but it's just a quick question. Was Wes Craven known to do comedies? No, not really. He is has, this his only one? It's sort of a dark comedy because it's okay. it's horror comedy, but it's it's a dark comedy. Okay. All right. But So does he do dark comedies in general? Is that something he's... Not really. Not at all. Really? (laughs) I mean, Scream is kind of a parody on the slasher genre, so that's got its kind of comedic roots. Oh, sure. Sure, I can buy that. Okay. But the movie's actually based on a real story. Oh, really? Of two burglars who broke into a house in Los Angeles. Uh And when they broke in, they found two kids that the parents had hid in the basement and not let out into the public. Oh, my God. Which is super fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, it is. These burglars basically were these kids' heroes. So how much did the burglars get out of the house? I don't know. Harry and Marv got away <laughs> scot-free. I'm, I'm assuming it's the Wet Bandits, right? I, well, they wanted to beat up Kevin, so maybe it wasn't them. They really wanted to beat that kid up. Yeah, they did. They could have <laughs> just left. At the first sign of trouble when you're a burglar, I would imagine you probably want to leave because it, you know, it just increases the chances that you're going to get caught. I just feel like that, that, was just, that was just stupid. The moment that doorknob was like boiling lava hot, they should have been like, well, we're done. Let's go. We'll, we'll knock off another house. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and dive into the episode. So uh, it once again begins with, uh, like you had said in the last Halloween uh, special, uh, Treehouse of Horror 1, that Marge Simpson is doing kind of a Frankenstein thing, right? Yeah, she's doing the Frankenstein, warning the audience. Uh, Only this time she's not so much warning, so much as kind of being condescending to the audience yeah she's like well you didn't listen to me uh last year so i don't expect you to listen to me you know don't expect you to listen to me this year and she's like enjoy the show yeah she's definitely the voice of the writers in this episode right there yeah and you know it's i i'm sure that like there's no real reason to to give the warning although sometimes i guess maybe back in the day they would have had to deal with angry like letters coming in like my child has nightmares for life because of you you know so yeah yeah well some people get offended mostly religious types (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> what, what are you going to do? You angry that we said this? Go on. Turn off the podcast. I dare you. <laughs> hey. Uh, so, the once again, the credits scroll through the graveyard, uh, much like, you know, I... Uh, you know, in the previous uh, year. So some of the graves, we have Bambi's mom, which speaks for itself. You know, Bambi is the the Disney movie about the deer whose mother passes away. Uh, What? Spoiler alert. What happened to Bambi's mom? She had to go out to pick up milk and she'll be late. Oh. Nobody let Sean know that Bambi's mom is dead. I... (laughs) We have Jim Morrison. Uh, he was the lead vocalist of The Doors. Uh, this one actually kind of made me angry. Cajun cooking? Yeah. What? So, okay. So, of course, I had to, to you know get some info together for you guys. So, Cajun cuisine is a style of cooking named for the French-speaking Acadian people who were deported by the British from Acadia in Canada to what is now Louisiana. But, like, why? Like, what's with the jab at Cajun cooking? So, did a little research into this. Okay. Cajun cooking was actually huge in the late 80s. Oh. To the point where it became a fad. Okay, so a lot of people were like, I'm sick and tired of Cajun cooking. Yeah, because they were like, oh, we put Cajun spices on our chicken here. Okay. What's interesting that, like, by the late 90s, Cajun cooking would kind of resurge with the popular, like, Emerald Lagasse. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's kind of interesting that, like, it's not. It wasn't really a fad. It's a style of cooking. How can a how can a style of cooking be? I guess it, there can be a fad as in the popularity levels of the time. But like to say that Cajun cooking is dead now, just I don't know. Rub me the wrong way. My uncle actually used to have a crawfish broil every year. Oh yeah. Yeah, he would fill his pool with little crawfish, boil them up. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was like a big thing for him. Oh. Weird. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I mean, sounds delicious. Uh, so we also have the grave of Walt Disney. Which is just silly. His head is frozen in a jar somewhere. He would be so offended if, if he owned a show like this. If his company owned The Simpsons. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> also, uh, in my notes, uh, I mentioned that uh, I, the way I have it worded is Walt Disney, the lich who controls the media of the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. Uh, and then there's a, a grave that says, lose weight now, ask me how, which, of course, there's always dieting fads. There's always, you know, dieting stuff going on, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, what is it? Keto nowadays. Before that, it was Atkins. There's Weight Watchers. You know, some are less fad Juicing. than others. Yeah, you know, there's there's so many things that are like sometimes they're fad. Sometimes the name changes a bit. It's like keto is basically the Atkins diet. Yeah, it's pretty pretty dang close. Uh, and this is of course not coming from a dietitian. So if you didn't like that, I just said that. Please don't bother to correct me. <laughs> so, uh, one of my favorite Homer lines, and not that it's like an amazing line in general, but I find that I say it a lot, kicks in right at the start as Kent Brockman is talking about how the primary elections are only a few months away and how scary they're going to be. And Homer's like, hey, if you don't like it, go to Russia. Which is funny because Russia is the USSR at this point. Yes, they are. Yeah, so it's kind of weird that Homer would drop that. Although they were, they're also known as the Russians because Russia is the primary you know, bulk of USSR. Uh, but uh, Homer gets to the door and we see Jimbo and Kearney, but not any of the others. Yeah. Dolph Dol- isn't there. Nelson's not there. Yeah. I, I presume Dolph and Nelson are on another block terrorizing people. Uh, but I, 
So shout out to Suburbanites because Homer Simpson is just like the cliche like middle class white suburbanite who's like, hey, you don't have an outfit on. Why should I give you candy? And it's like, just just give the teenagers their candy. You you bought the candy. If you don't want to hand out the candy, just don't do it. Just don't hand it to it. Just turn off your light. Yeah, I'm calling you out, our buddy Tank, who totally did this to some of the people in his neighborhood. Yeah, I'm calling you out, Tank. I was just going to say, are you calling out Tank? You know I'm calling our buddy Tank out. Uh, so no, no, but seriously, just just give him candy. Who gives a damn? Like, if they want all your candy, okay, don't do that. But give oh. him a piece. Just give him a piece and tell him to go the hell away. Yeah. So, so yeah, so we find that uh, Jimbo and Kearney are holding his house hostage, essentially. Uh, when, you know, Homer calls them out, he's like, he's like, give us all your candy or we egg your house back to the Stone Age, old man. And I find that they, they're not very good pillagers because then they egg his house anyway. But, like, that's less ammunition to taunt the next house they knock off, right? You can get more eggs. Craig, have you ever egged anything before? No, honestly, no. I've never gone egging. So, me and a couple of our buddies. <laughs> you guys are the worst. High school years. Used to go out and egg cars every weekend. You guys are the worst. Um, and we had one car in specific that we really hated. <laughs> the GT that was around the block from me? Yes. <laughs> I don't know why we hated this guy's car. We just really hated his car. We used an entire gross of eggs on it one time. <sighs> he eventually started keeping it in the garage. He, yeah. he left it out outside in the street for a while, and then I never saw it again after that. No. No, it was gone. <laughs> You're the worst. But, but we actually got stopped by the police, and the police let us know. And I quote the police here. Uh-huh. We ain't got time to be dicking around with this bullshit. I mean, he's not wrong. They didn't have time to be dicking around with that bullshit. Oh, yeah, because all those murders in Livonia. <laughs> yeah, what else are they going to do? Go around and harass minorities? Okay, fair point. Yeah, yeah. I got real topical there. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. They probably did have the time to be doing that. You're not wrong. But, uh, I mean, you know, it's still shitty that you guys did that. Yeah, it was. Oh, it's super <laughs> shitty, but it was fun. Egging's fun. So, uh, so uh, the kids come in. And we have uh, Bart as an executioner. Uh, Maggie has a witch's like mask on, and we have Lisa who went as a totem pole to support the uh, Native American people of the Pacific Northwest. So, let's talk about this for a second, uh-huh. because in the nineties, yeah, her costume would have been considered very woke. Oh, sure, sure, because she's supporting them in this. But cultural appropriation is not a costume. <laughs> It's just weird how times have changed since this episode aired that Lisa would be very against that if she was written nowadays as herself. I mean, cultural appropriation is kind of like, I I mean, people definitely make it out to be a thing, you know, And, and I think that it can be an issue, you know, but I think all in all, like if you're trying to emulate another country's culture, like who cares? Like so long as you're not doing it in a condescending or negative fashion, you know, if, if I like if I put on like, you know, suspenders and you're like, Craig, is, is that like traditional German garments? And I'm like, Durga, Herga, Schlurga, I drink as a beer and eating the sausage. It's like, OK, yeah, Craig, that's hilarious. I get it. And it's like, Herga, Dur-. it's like, OK, Craig, I get it. Like, you know, at that point, yeah, that's kind of a weird issue and it's awkward and, and not cool. But like if you came into my place and I was like eating all this traditional food, like you wouldn't be like. 
What are you doing, Craig? You can't be eating this. Listen, Craig, I said it then and I said it now. Your kimono face wasn't okay. <laughs> Domo, Sean-san. <laughs> no, I just thought that was very weird because I don't yeah. think Lisa would do that nowadays. If she was written today, I don't think she would dress in that costume. Probably not, no. I, I could see that. I, uh, And so... Marge, you know, is like talking about like, you know, okay, kids, you know, like have one piece of candy and you can have some like tomorrow. And she turns around and all four of them, or I'm sorry, no, uh, three of them. Oh, yeah, I guess Maggie's there, too. Maggie's there, too. Uh, So all four of them are just devouring candy. And Marge is like, and this is another great moment, I think, because like Marge is like, you know, if you kids keep eating like, you know, know, all this candy this late, you're going to have a bad dream. And Bart's like, yeah, whatever. Lisa's like, oh, yeah, bad dream. And Homer, as well, who's supposed to be one of the parents, is like, I'd like to see that with his like mouthful of candy. And, of course, they go to bed. And uh, Homer's not... Uh, uh, thrilled about the the fact that he's you know got to go to work tomorrow, and you know, the, and I love the lightning effects in like the room for Halloween specials. Yeah, like Bart's room, ho- like the uh, Homer and Marge's room, like all the rooms they keep showing us. The lighting effects they do a really good job with all the like deep blues and stuff like that. The lighting reminds me of Krusty gets busted when Bart is sitting there alone in his bedroom yeah. with the doll. It does. The The Simpsons don't use lighting effects very often because it's probably a lot cheaper. They don't have to worry about altering all these like colors. It's just easy to be like, okay, this color is it's always the same, always the same. So, so much happens in broad daylight that like it's kind of weird when there are night scenes, even in The Simpsons. But like especially Twilight and like when it's like dark, like when it's dark out, but like the moonlight is coming in. They do that stuff really well when they do. Yeah. So, uh. Homer has a, uh, is it Homer's nightmare? Yeah, his his nightmare is off. Lisa's is the first. Oh, Lisa's is first. That's right. Lisa's because is Lisa, first. Bart, Homer. That's right, because Lisa, yeah, crawls into bed you know, with Bart later. I see. Uh, and they find that they're in Mar- uh, Marrakesh, Morocco, which is the fourth largest city in Morocco. And Homer calls it a dump, but it's actually a gorgeous city. I went looking at pictures because yeah. I wanted to see them, and the city looks nice. Maybe it wasn't as nice in the early 90s. I don't know for sure. I can't say for certain, but it it looks really good now. Uh, And I even looked online. Apparently, it is very safe for travelers. You know, so it's travel is, 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 you know, uh, definitely endorsed there. You know, you don't have to worry about like, you know, some countries you go to, maybe they're not the best for American uh, travelers. But in this one, it's pretty nice. Just lions here from Canada. Honestly, I want to tell you that that's crazy, but that's probably going to help you a lot. I mean, I've traveled abroad. You you just lie and say you're from Canada. I'm from the Detroit. Windsor. Windsor, Windsor Canada. <laughs> uh, and so Homer's like, you know, I can't believe Princess Grace lives in this dump. And Lisa's like, Dad, that's Monaco. And Homer's like, don't. So. Okay, so here we go. Grace Patricia Kelly was an actress who who married Prince Rainier III of Monaco. That's a thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a thing. It's an actress who went on to marry a, a wealthy prince. Yeah, when would that happen again? England. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's currently reason. going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so, I. Uh, Grace Patricia Kelly starred in three Alfred Hitchcock films, as well as a whole bunch of others. So these I know you'll be uh, familiar with. And even the first one I, I know pretty well. Dial M for Murder, Rear Window, and To Catch a Thief. 
Uh, Monaco is in the south of France, which you wouldn't think there's a country south of France, but it's this little tiny little, little bump at the bottom of France. And uh, let's see. I... Uh, Monaco is in the south of France, but uh, Morocco is in the northwest of Africa. Uh, also, uh, Lisa's wearing a shirt that I had a lot of trouble with deciphering. So it says, I kiss the Baumawad. Baumawad? You know, I tried doing some research into that, and I just totally got sidetracked. It, it turns out that it actually is nothing. It's not actually Arabic. It's apparently it's a play on uh, "I kiss the Blarney Stone," uh, but it's just sort of this like Arabic kind of gibberish almost. It, it, the only thing that it could be, which I I tried translating stuff online, you know, as good as you can translate through with Google and stuff like that. Uh, I couldn't find anything in Arabic. There's technically a, another uh, language in um, Morocco that's spoken called Berber, B E R B E R. It could be that, but I kind of doubt it. If I had to wager, I guess the writers were just lazy. So I'm going to admit something real quick. Yeah. So when I do research for things, sometimes I get sidetracked. Uh-huh. And we were looking into Monaco, and I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, they have the Grand Prix there. Oh, why do I know the Grand Prix? Oh, next thing I know, I'm watching an episode of Lupin the Third because <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I want to watch him rob the, the Grand Prix. That is great. I literally stopped my research to watch Lupin the Third. <laughs> That's great. So, well, while the Simpsons are watching a contortionist, and Bart could do that, but he doesn't want to, we have another giant piece of lore, and well, not lore, but uh, historical information for you. So, uh, Homer talks to this guy who's selling a monkey's paw, and uh, he says that it's a paw dating back to El Alben Abdallah. Now, Sean, there is no such man. However, there was a sultan of Morocco named Mohammed ben Abdallah, who ruled from 1757 to 1790, who had previously been the governor of uh, Marrakesh. You know, so this is tying up together. Okay. Morocco was the first country to recognize the United States of America as an independent country in 1777. Really? They were. Yeah, they are the very first country that recognized America. So shout out to Morocco. Uh, and this was under Abdallah's rule. So this was under that guy's rule when that happened. Uh, Sean, do you have much info on the monkey's paw of the story? I do. It's a short story awesome. by um, W.W. Jacobs, and it was written in 1902. Yeah, so in this story, uh, three wishes are granted to the owner of the monkey's paw, but the wishes come with an enormous price for interfering with fate. Uh, also, the guy selling the monkey's paw, uh, when he warns Homer of the the uh, like you know the the wishes you know having terrible consequences, he says, "I myself was once president of Algeria." Would you like to know what president I think that was, Sean? Go for it. <laughs> so, Algeria borders Morocco, so it's nearby. Ahmed Ben Bella was the first president who ran uh, who was in office until 1965. Hori Bomandine. And I'm probably mispronouncing these, so I apologize, of course, was in office until 1976, but he died in 1978. Chadli Benjendid was in office until January 1992, so it couldn't be him. So the shopkeeper had to be Ahmed Ben Bella. He had to be. Unless the monkey's paw faked his death to get him out of there. That could be. I mean, it's got weird, grave consequences. Yeah, it's got crazy powers, but my money is on Ahmed Ben Bella. Bella? Bella. 
That one. We'll go with that one. I, uh, I will forever think of him as a med now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure his name is Ahmed. And I love that when Homer comes back and he's like, in like Marge is like, "Where'd you get that disgusting thing?" He's like, "Oh, right over there." And the wind picks up, and then he's like. Oh, wait, it was over there. And the guy's like, you'll be sorry. Okay, so I love this episode. Uh-huh. I love Trios of Horror 2. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot of overdubbing in this episode because his mouth is not moving at all when he <laughs> says, you'll be sorry. Yeah. A similar thing will happen in um, the next night. Or not, yeah, it's the in this same nightmare. It's the when King and Kodos are there. Oh, yeah, that would be the same nightmare. When they're chasing after Mo, they have overdubbing where their mouths aren't moving at all. Oh, you're right. So huh. I feel like this segment was very rushed to get it out of the door. Probably was. I uh, So there's a, a scene that comes up next, which is, it's got to be a jab at just foreign culture. It's Homer, you know, is, is getting on the plane and... They check him. They do like they do a, like a search of him. They find that he has a bunch of like souvenirs duct taped to himself, and they all pull guns on him and start screaming. And Homer's like, "Don't shoot! Don't shoot! They're souvenirs!" And the guy's like, "You must pay a fine of two American dollars." So this is in reference to the 1978 film Midnight Express. Oh, really? Yes, it's actually where they catch a drug smuggler who's got drugs taped to him. Oh, so this isn't just some j- regular jab nope, at. This is a movie reference. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Shout out to you, Sean, because I had no idea. Yeah, I have always wondered about this scene because I've never seen Midnight Express and I had to look that up. I'll be danged. Uh, So the Simpsons get back to America and they have the monkey's paw. Bart wants x-ray specs that really work. Lisa wants peace on Earth and they start bickering back and forth. And Marge says, you know, there's something I don't like about that severed hand. But Maggie gets it. And Maggie makes a nice wish. And the creepy monkey's paw like kind of goes, and like the finger goes down, signifying that Maggie made a wish. And so she gets brought a new pacifier. And the, the driver in, from the limousine mm. takes off. So it makes me wonder, because it is such a... It's a Rolls Royce, actually. Oh, yeah. fancy Rolls Royce? Yeah, it's, defi- oh, okay. it's definitely designed to be a Rolls Royce, oh, not yeah. a limo. <laughs> You would know more than I would. I don't know much about it's, uh, vehicles. It's got, it's got the big Rolls Royce hood ornament on it, oh, which kind of gives it away. Yeah. I gotcha. I uh, so here's my question for you, Sean: is is the fact that like because the only bad thing that happens is that they don't get the butler and the Rolls Royce, they leave, but Maggie keeps the pacifier. Is that like is that like because that's not a very negative? Oh, it broke off off screen and choked Maggie to death. Oh, oh. I was going to ask because it was such a light wish that it just didn't uh, just, you know, fate didn't alter fate much. No, she choked to death off screen. Oh, yikes. <sighs> so anyway, um, uh, Bart grabs the hand and wishes for, you know, to be rich and famous. Which is what we'd all wish for. Eh, probably. At least rich. No, oh, I want the fame. I want people to give me acknowledgement everywhere i go uh i need to skulk in the shadows for everything i do in every aspect of my my life i can't be well known hide in plain sight hmm i don't know man it's really hard to be a serial killer anyway uh so they're rich and famous so they go to the gilded truffle which is the restaurant they went to on Marge's birthday right yeah and uh people are already fed up with the simpsons i and so we see kind of a almost like a a, a little clip, uh, almost a montage 
of all these characters that are just mad at the Simpsons. So uh, one dude is saying $18 for a shirt uh, and how much of a ripoff it is. But I, nowadays, I, it's actually not that bad. I forget which writer of The Simpsons that is, but that's one of the writers. Oh, is it saying that? Yeah. $18 for a shirt? What a ripoff. We'll also see him show up on the escalator that went to nowhere. He's one of the people that falls off of it. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I'll be danged. Uh, there's a CD uh, called The Simpsons Go Calypso. Which I love, and for some reason, that little song that they sing gets in my head every so often. Man smart. A woman is better. Man smart. (laughs) Man, this thing's really getting out of hand. Uh, And also, there's a billboard that says, get a mammogram, man. And Helen Lovejoy is furious about checking for breast cancer. She just thinks they've gone too far. They're advertising everything. I mean, yeah, but like... Like, of all the advertisements to get mad at, I feel like checking for breast cancer is one that should be a <laughs> yeah, little Yeah, it's a positive. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. But this is actually, if you listen to the director's commentary on this episode, oh, yeah? this is the writer's outlook on Simpsons mania. Oh, uh, you know, you can kind of see that, you know. Because, I mean, the Simpsons sings the blues as Simpsons goes Calypso. Yeah. So, this is kind of how they felt behind the scenes about the Simpsons popularity, which is kind of funny to see. It is. And I mean, the Simpsons make a fair amount of meta jokes throughout the series about like, you know, not liking how they would hate to have their faces on inferior products and stuff like that. You know, so, you know, so so you see that throughout the Simpsons, but it's funny that it's just so overt here. Uh, But so, you know, Marge is pretty upset that everyone hates them, uh, which is funny because nobody really likes the Simpsons in Springfield. (laughs) And Homer's like, you know. Uh, oh, the guy did say that the thing would bring bring grave misfortune, but I just thought he was being colorful. I, uh, and so Lisa grabs the the monkey's paw and she makes the wish for world peace. Lisa, that's very selfish of that. So another kind of like a uh, you know sort of a. Uh, uh, Montage. Yeah, another montage comes in. Thank you. And we see that I, uh, I, uh, you know, the, 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 I, uh, I think it's, uh, England is like, sorry about the Falklands, old boy. And, uh, he's like, you know, oh, we know, knew they were yours and they, they hug. So this is in reference. And this will come up later in The Simpsons as well. The, the, uh, uh, the Falkland Islands being invaded. Yeah, indeed. So the Falklands War was a 10 week undeclared war between Argentina and, and the United Kingdom in 1982 over two British dependent territories in the South Atlantic, the Falkland Islands, and its territorial dependency, the South Georgia, uh, the South Georgia, and the South Sandwich Islands. People, mm, South Sandwich <laughs> Islands. Yeah, so this was basically just like a quick military skirmish for like ten weeks, yeah, and then got resolved. I. Uh, but I, uh, you know, people are gonna, you know, they're getting rid of their weapons. The Pentagon is turned into the Five Corners Mall. Missile silos are turned into gardens. I love that danger is an anagram for garden. I never really caught that before. Yeah, I never noticed that either. It's funny that the Simpsons writers are perpetually having to like figure out anagrams because of the things like this and Bart's antics, where he has to rearrange signs to like put in like you know mean things. Yeah, the kids are really smart in Springfield. <laughs> I guess they're smarter than the adults. It seems. And then people hold hands, and then they all sing uh, the song, Get Together by the Young Bloods," And it's a peaceful scenario from there on out. And then we find that Lisa was not specific enough, as she wished for peace on Earth. 
Kang and Kodos, the aliens from the previous Halloween special, make their way to Earth. And they feel that Earth is now ripe for the plucking. But we don't see Serac the Preparer, unfortunately. No, mm. I love Serac. And- <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. Uh, so the UFO comes down, crushes the statue of Jebediah Springfield, uh, and they come out and say that they come with us. Uh, they come, they come before you, or we come before you with a spirit of hostility and menace. I love that they come out with <laughs> weapons, and they are a big club and a <laughs> slingshot. <laughs> Your superior intellect is no match for our puny weapons. And so they ask Gordon to help them, and he's like, "What do you want me to do? I'm a baker now." Is that a movie reference? I don't know. It's got to be, right? It's got to be. I don't know what movie it is. Uh, so shout out to everybody listening. If you know what movie it was, either leave a comment on our Facebook page or jump on our Discord. If you go to GameZillaMedia.com, there's a link to the Discord uh, there. And uh, yeah, definitely let us know because I, I wasn't sure on that one. Uh, and I think it's Lenny is like, which we saved an A-bomb or two. And everybody hates the Simpsons yet again because they're the ones who brought world peace. So Homer, uh, oh, actually, I think it's Bart who says, geez, now we're slaves. This sucks. And uh, I love that in the paper that he's putting down, it says monsters okay with slavery plan. (laughs) I just love it. Uh, So Homer grabs the the monkey's paw and he's going to make a wish that can't fail and wishes for a turkey sandwich. But he doesn't want any zombie turkey. He <laughs> doesn't want to turn into a turkey himself. And unfortunately, the turkey's a little dry and he freaks out and decides he's going to throw out the monkey's paw. I like dry turkey. I really like dry turkey a lot. Now, here's the thing. There's there's a fine line here because there's there's turkey that's dry, just gross bone dry. It's just overcooked and, and yes. nasty. But then there's also lunch meat turkey that's just so injected with water that you bite into it. And it's like, oh, wow, a water sandwich. Great. In my book, what I think you're thinking of when you think dry turkey, you're thinking of properly prepared turkey that is not lunch meat turkey. Correct. <laughs> yes, that is. I wouldn't say that's dry turkey, though. It is a whole hell of a lot drier than goddamn lunch meat turkey that's like been like sliced days ago is like injected with water. I used to work at a deli, so I know these things. It's disgusting. But anyhow, you have, you know, Homer comes out throws the monkey's paw in the trash and Flanders wants the paw and Homer's like, you know, I don't know. Like you know, there's these grave. Co- yeah. And so he gives the paw to Ned Flanders and Flanders is like, well, let's get rid of these, you know, dang blasted aliens. And Sean, who is it that runs by Mo? It's Mo. <laughs> What weapon? <laughs> Mo first runs by and he's got nothing in his hand. Flanders wishes for something to get rid of the aliens. Uh-huh. And he comes back with a board with a nail in it. <laughs> so, they, run, Kodos. And so the, the aliens get into their ship and fly off. And uh, I, I think it's Kang is like, you know, Kodos is like, we failed, brother. And Kang's like, did we? Soon they'll build a, like, they, he rambles for a bit, but he basically, he's like, he's like, soon they'll build a board with a nail and it's so big it will destroy them all. And they laugh maniacally. I, uh, so, I, uh, 
also what's weird is in the background you see planet earth and the green and blue is switched yeah it's kind of weird yeah it catches me off guard every time i see it but i uh, you know flanders is going to spruce up the old home and it turns into a castle with a big f on it uh-huh and then homer says he wishes he had a monkey's paw he's like i wish it kind of has a a, a a goofy ending but here's the thing what is the trade-off? What is going to happen to Flanders for removing an alien menace from the planet, altering fate considerably, and also creating a castle where his house was? So removing the um, alien menace, we're going to create a board so big with an alien it will kill us all. Okay, all right, I'll buy that. So doom the Earth. And I'm sure Maud Flanders died a horrible death. <laughs> She's she suddenly found herself in a, a like a uh, like a torturer's chamber in the castle, and then like the Iron Maiden just slowly like. <laughs> also, Rod and Todd are dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, I uh, Lisa, you know, wakes up. It's like two o five in the morning. She's had a nightmare. She comes into Bart's room. And she's like, you know, like, can I sleep with you? I'm scared. I had a nightmare. And Bart's like, no, go away. And she's like, I'll give you this candy necklace. And he crams it in his mouth. He's like, all right, climb aboard. And uh, so when is the last time you had a candy necklace, by the way? Last Halloween. Really? I can't remember the last time I had a candy necklace. Last Halloween I had one. So we get a shot when we come back from commercial. Uh And it's the exterior of the house. Yeah. And I love that the eggs are still on the door. Every every time I lose it at that, because I think that's so good detail. Oh, that's great. I didn't even know that. I... So Bart watches the Jack in the Box that's like on you know uh, on his uh, uh, like windowsill or whatever, and you know it's uh, uh, rocks back and forth, and he goes to sleep. And this is going to be your wheelhouse, right, Sean? Oh heck yeah, this is my wheelhouse. So we get Bart's nightmare, which is in reference to the Twilight Zone episode. It's a good life. Uh huh. So in It's a Good Life, there's basically a kid who's omnipotent. He's got all these powers, yeah. and he sends people off to the cornfield. Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah, so everybody has to play nice, and eventually somebody doesn't play nice, and he gets turned into a jack-in-the-box, which we're going to see in this episode. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's also a narrator that sounds like Rod Sterling, uh, who was the narrator, right? Serling. Oh, Rod Sterling. You're right, yeah. right. I. Uh, Yes, he's doing a pretty good Rod Serling impersonation. Rod Serling would have passed away already. Oh, uh, when did he die? Rod Serling, I don't know his death. Okay, so so but before this episode, though. He, he died before this episode. He was like a three-pack-a-day smoker. Oh, yikes. Yeah, he was insane, which you can see that in the Twilight Zone. He's always smoking. 1975, June oh, 28, 1975. Wow, yeah, for a long time before this episode aired. Uh, I what another uh, line that I use a lot in my everyday life is comes up as Jasper because everyone's like think happy thoughts happy thoughts happy thoughts and Jasper's walking down the street and he's like happy thoughts happy thoughts he's like Ugh, I'm getting mighty sick of this and so I use that phrase I'm getting mighty sick of this <laughs> a lot and he gets turned into this weird creepy like dog person it's like a dog's body with his like head and he's like bow wow bow wow and it's like man that's really creepy and then i'd do that if i had those powers i'd do that well yeah because you're a giant creep i'd turn you into a bug you'd be like a big centipede thing i can live with that maybe a craigtopede uh so bart comes in and 
his family are, are freaked out. You know, they're all immediately scared. And he says that the cat is boring. So he turns it into this like weird, creepy, like jabberwocky monster thing. So the thing that he turns it into, mm-hmm. that's the yeah. that's the duck amuck creature, right? I mean, yeah, from the old pretty, Looney Tune, pretty much, right? Except it breathes fire. Yeah, which duck amuck is my favorite Looney Tune episode. And for those who don't know, it's an episode of Looney Tunes where Bugs Bunny is basically screwing with Daffy Duck the entire time. Yeah, and as, as he's the artist. drawing over as the artist. And it's a great episode. That's one of my favorites, too. Yeah, my two favorite Looney Tunes episodes get call-outs on this one. Oh, yeah, this same segment. Yeah, the same segment, which is oh, super yeah. weird, because my second favorite one will be coming up soon. So, uh, Bart, you know... Uh, does the you know does this like awful thing, and you know uh, Homer's like it's good you made that awful thing Bart very good, and so Bart goes to school and I uh, Homer's like you know most got it from your side of the family no monsters on my side of the family, as you know Marge is putting out a fire in the kitchen, <laughs> so we get to. Bart gets on the bus. This might be one of my favorite parts. And Bart's like, like, hey, Otto, I'm going to ride the bus. And he's like, no can do, Bart. And he's like, you t- goes into like this explanation. And he's like, oh, wait, you're the little dude with the gnarly powers. And then Bart rides them to school. And he just smashes. He's like, give it more gas, Otto. And he's like, and like Otto is like lamenting that they're going to die. And the bus makes it to school. And it's flipped on its side. Uh, by the way, do you want to know the answers to Bart's test? Yes, yeah, shoot the answers to the test. So yes. so they took a test, and Krabappel lets them know that the history of America has changed again. America was discovered in 1942 by some, some guy. guy. <laughs> also, it's not called America anymore. It's called Bonerland. And uh, yet another reference to the word boner is in The Simpsons. What is this, number three? I think this is our third boner. I think this is our third boner. Uh, this is easily our third boner. These boners are just popping up all over the place. I, I have a huge third boner. <laughs> so, uh, while while Bart's like you know hey, like being fanned and like all like you know like his classmates are basically his slaves, which is like just so sad for those children. I do like that Sherry and Terry are the ones who are fanning him <laughs> because they typically make him the most miserable in his everyday life. And one of them has a crush on him. I forget which one it is. And we we talk about that like every episode. I wonder if that's like a uh, just we're misremembering it or something. My sister likes you. <laughs> So, uh, Skinner comes on the line and he starts singing "Hello, my baby," uh, which uh, Sean, you said you have uh, a little bit of info on. Uh, this is this is the, of course the other reference, uh, as this is what Michigan J. Frog sings in and, the Looney Tune "One Froggy Evening." Yes. So, "Hello, my baby," "My baby." Sorry, Skinner sings it wrong. It is not "My baby." It's "My baby." M A. Okay. So, "Hello, my baby." was a song written by Arthur Collins in 1899. Okay. And I need to set a little context for what I'm about to say here. Okay. Because it is horrible. Uh-oh. It's it, absolutely horrible. I do not condone this. Uh-huh. However, this was typically what it was called at the time, and I really hate that I have to say this. It's disgusting. It's a historical thing. You got to do it, but I, I, I called like, it. I'm not going to say it. Much like Looney Tunes. So... <laughs> It is what was considered a coon song. Oh, boy. Because basically what singers would do is they would have African-American characters mm-hmm. and do blackface and sing. 
Oh. And somehow this Simpsons just keeps bringing me back to blackface every week, and I do not like it. Yeah, that's... Uh... Why is the season doing this to me, Craig? I don't know. Uh, it's very uncomfortable. But on a more positive note, the uh. word hello actually was used as slang for talking to the telephone operators oh. pre-World War One, where it oh. became a typical greeting for everyday use. So the word hello wasn't in use as much before then. Correct. Interesting. Huh. And um, I feel gross saying that now, and <laughs> I want to move on. <laughs> hey, look at that. We're moving on. So Skinner, you know, sings this song. Uh, also, I love, this might be one of my favorite uh, 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 crank calls to Mo. Probably my second favorite. When he calls Mo, and Mo's like, uh, "Hold on a second. He's like, "I'm a big stupid butt, and my face is dumb." And he like just rambles on and on. And then afterwards, he's like, "Hey, wait a second. Because of uh, Bart's omnipotence, my favorite crank call actually is coming up in Flaming Mo's. That's my favorite too. Nice. I'm glad. <laughs> uh, so, I uh, Bart's you know home uh, or gets home, and he's like Homer. He's like, "I will turn the channel. I want to watch cartoons and." Homer has forgotten who is in charge here because he's like, shut up, boy. I've got 50 bucks riding on this. I think it's 50 bucks. And uh, Lisa's nervous expression is honestly kind of funny because Lisa gets like genuinely concerned as Homer vanishes. And the narrator is like, the ball is turning into a fat, bald guy. And Homer goes flying and hits the guy, the field goal pole and the narrator i love is or the announcer is like and you know what they say when something weird happens it's good that bart did that very, very good. good and i also uh i feel bad for crusty who's had to uh work for 346 consecutive hours yeah crusty's going insane yes he is homer gets back home though and he's like, don't think a thought. He can read your mind. Just bash his head in with a chair. <laughs> End of monster. And Bart points at Homer. He turns into a jack-in-the-box. And when Marge comes in and gets mad, and you know, Bart's like, Lisa did it. She's like, that's it, young man. And Bart just stares at her. And she's like, please. Please. <laughs> and we have a visit from one of your favorite characters, Dr. Marvin Monroe. When does Child he stop showing up? Why won't it happen sooner? Now, I will say that there's a very good joke here, as it shows his office door, and it says, Dr. Marvin Monroe, child psychologist, member of the Bonerland Medical Association. <laughs> yes. So, technically, that's our fourth boner. Yeah, we got another boner, people. Woo! Counting up them boners. Uh, so, Dr. Marvin Monroe finally makes an accurate assessment, uh, which is funny because he, in the show is very rarely doing that but in this he is uh stating that bart loves attention which is true and so bart is using these powers for you know negative reinforcement or whatever and uh <laughs> another gag i like is he's like he's like homer i see you agree with me and homer's like i'm not nodding not he's like well you should be agreeing with me and so he tells him to spend time with him and so bart and the jack-in-the-box that is his father go to a baseball game, they go fishing, they play target practice, they go to church, they go to a theme park, and Homer asks for his body back after this you know, wonderful little montage. Homer doesn't ask for his body back. Bart says, I wish there was something I could do for you, Dad. <laughs> right. And then Homer says, well, you could always consider giving me my body back. He's like, consider it done, and Homer has his body back. And I... Homer's like, I love you, son, and they embrace, and then Bart wakes up screaming. 
Which, of course, that's his nightmare, is that he's getting along with his father. And so, the the transition hits, and once again, we see that the time has advanced, and uh, it is now 4 a.m. Bart and Lisa, you know, jump into the uh, margin, uh, uh, Homer's bed with them. Which is my nightmare. My nightmare is kids crawling into bed with me. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a little weird. I have to deal with enough shit from my dog every night in bed, <laughs> so I really could not imagine dealing with a kid, because yeah. there, there are nights, like last night, where I just wanted to choke that little dog. I just wanted to choke <laughs> Wait, him what? Because so he just drives me crazy. Wanting to get out of the bed. Wanting to get in the bed. Wanting to get out of the bed. That's how a kid would be. Yeah, that sounds about that's right. Why I don't have kids. Yeah, that sounds about right. I love that Homer is like, are you both toilet trained? And they're like, yes. He's like, all right. And now this is when Homer has his nightmare yes. about because going to Because it's 4 a.m. He's never going to get back to Skype. Yeah, and he just, just passes out. And so, uh, man, uh, Burns really loves to watch his crew shower. Yeah. Right? Like, that's weird, that, right? That's weird that he's got a camera in the shower. He has that even in the series. This isn't just a Halloween special. And so, yeah, Burns is watching uh, the, the cameras and, you know, Burns and Smithers decide to do some random firings to throw the fear of God into them. And he finds on the camera that Homer is asleep. And Smithers calls out and he's like, Simpson, Simpson. He's like, you're fired. And he's like, for what? He's like, sleeping on the job. He's like, how'd you know I was sleeping? We've been watching you. And he's like, camera? And he's like, no. And he's fired. I. Uh, Burns, however, has a different agenda. Uh, you know, you would you would almost think that this was an adventure where you know, I, I, you know, Burns is going to or, or Homer's going to be dealing with some other you know big job stuff, but Mister Burns feels that when it comes to his workers, the uh, the spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak, and so even though Burns has that totally backwards, he is going to uh, create his own workers. And so, with the greatest breakthrough in labor relations since the Keto Nine Tales, he unveils this like Frankenstein's monster contraption, this like metal body. Which, by the way, the Keto uh, Nine Tales is a multi-tailed whip that was created in England. You know, the, where all torture devices were created in history. Ah, yes. And so, while you know Burns is is reveling in the fact that they need a human brain. Which, of course, is all a play on Frank, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, right? Yes. Uh, so we have uh, Homer is looking through the wand ads, and uh, and Lisa's like, here, here's one. And she's like, oh, wait, no, you need to be able to operate an ultrasonic uh, uh, lithentripter. Uh, and Homer's like, how hard could it be? Uh, which, by the way, it's a device uh, used to create bursts of ultrasound guided by an X-ray. Uh, it's used in, like, um, uh, like... Uh, are they called uh like Son- sonogram yeah well it like uh, this condition like when you have stones like uh, what is it i uh, uh stones in your uh kidney stones kidney stones yeah it's like used for kidney stones stuff thank you and i uh, <laughs> in my notes here it says uh bart has a real boner land for his dad being a grave digger okay so <laughs> bart says hey i found a nice job for you 28 bucks an hour, get to spend plenty of time outdoors. Meet interesting people. Meet interesting people. What job is it? Grave digger. (laughs) 
for 28 bucks an hour? You can call me fucking Dompe. I'll be out there digging graves. Holy <laughs> shit, that's a really good paying job. That's 1991 money. That's oh, yeah. 28 bucks and 91. Yeah, that would be, I'm okay with that. Yeah, shit, I'll break my back every day. I don't give a shit. I'll retire 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Willie is guiding Homer, and he's like, oh, I wouldn't bury my turtle in that wee mud puddle. And uh, Willie throws up his hands and, and walks away in disgust at Homer's grave digging skills. And uh, Homer's just like, ah, what a, you know, what a jerk. And he, like, takes a nap, and he goes to bed. So, there's an image of Burns and Smithers going through the graveyard with a lamp. And it is super iconic to me. I, Whenever I see that image, I think Halloween. I think Simpsons and stuff. So that image is in reference to the 1932 Frankenstein film. Really? It is actually the opening, one of the opening scenes of Frankenstein is them going through the graveyard. And it's kind of that over the hill shot where they're going through yeah. with the lantern. And if I could own one animation cell from the simpsons it'd be that one it would be that one it is a really because nice it is one. one of my favorites it is yeah it is super iconic to me and so they find an open grave the one where homer's taking a nap and uh burns is like he's like hurry up and get the body out of there he's like the stench is overpowering and smith is just like well that's homer simpson he's like uh he wasn't exactly a model employee and i love that burns looks at smithers he's like he's like well who really is a model employee and smithers head turns to a floating brain and he's like uh simpson will do just fine sir and i like that he doesn't question the fact that simpson is dead so quickly yeah that's a little weird i mean they know right they know homer almost killed himself last time he lost his job probably they know in fact this is not canon smithers has also screwed with him before and told him not to kill himself yeah, that's weird, Sim- right? Smithers knows that it, see, Homer would have killed himself. Yeah. That's what he's probably thinking. Is that... It, I mean, this is Homer's nightmare, so it must just be his in like latent fears in his own... Anyway, uh, so <laughs> Mr. Burns is letting Smithers drag the, the bag, you know, with Homer's body, and Homer's like, oh, like moaning out. And Smithers is like, did you hear that, sir? And I love that Burns freaks out on him. He's like, oh, what, or who was... Or no, I didn't. Who was it? Frankenstein? The, the Booger Man. <laughs> the Booger Man. I love that he calls the Boogeyman the Booger Man. And so uh, Burns takes the shovel to Homer in the bag, and he's like, Bad corpse, stop staring, scaring Smithers. And Homer passes out. So he brings the, you know, the body in, and, uh, you know, he, he pops out like, you know, the or he, like, saws off the top of his head, which there should be a lot of blood, but what are you going to do? And pulls out, like, an ice cream scoop. And he's like, or no, he's like, he's like, Smithers, ice cream scoop. And he's like, ice cream scoop? He's like, damn it, Smithers, this isn't rocket science, it's brain surgery. And Burns then hums, if I only had a brain from the Wizard of Oz, as he pulls the brain out of his head. And then he puts his, the, the brain on top of his head. And he goes, look at me, I'm Davy Crockett. Crockett. Which... Davy Crockett was an American explorer who was often depicted with a raccoon skin cap, hence the, the you know, reference. And uh, whenever somebody drinks wine with pizza, I think of the scene as they take a break and they have wine with their pizza. I don't know why. And not that I see people drink wine with pizza often. I like wine. I like pizza. Do you have them together often? 
Not really, but I kind of could. They sound good. Well, the next time you do, you'll think of this episode like I do. <laughs> but uh, uh, we have Mr. Birds, and he turns on the machine and everything, and he's like, it's alive! That fellow at Radio Shake said I was mad, but who's mad now? Radio Shack was an electronic store that went bankrupt in 2015, which I think got turned. Some of them got turned into phone stores, but they mostly are gone now. Yeah, they're pretty much gone. Uh, the, the most Radio Shack has done in the past four years has been a minor nothing? reference in Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah that sounds about right. Uh, and so, uh, when the machine turns on, and you know Homer's brain activates in this robot body. Uh, Mr. Burns' image is like this weird, distorted, pixelated mess. He's like, I'm your daddy. And the sensors turn on. Homer, as a robot, finds donuts, smashes through a bunch of walls, eats them, and... Mm, sprinkles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, you have... Uh, uh, Bart and Lisa are watching TV. And you have, uh, they're watching Johnny Carson, uh, which we've referenced uh, previously on uh, Noise and Arcade. And he says, Geraldo Rivera, Madonna, and a diseased yak. <laughs> and I, I, that was one of his bits was like, you know, I don't even know entirely how it worked, but it was like bringing up three things and then how they were linked together or whatever. Yep. Geraldo uh, Rivera is a talk show host. Madonna's a singer, of course. And a diseased yak is a, well, a yak that has some health issues. I, uh, and so they're like, you know, Ma, what's wrong? And I, she's, I, I, I could figure that one out actually. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah. Let, let let's go. But I'm gonna go modern because I'm gonna change this. All right. So, Madonna absolutely hates our diseased yak of a president, and Geraldo Rivera loves him to death. Boom. All right, that's fair. Yes, I called the president a disease yak. <laughs> Boom. I'll buy it. If you're listening, Mr. President, um, you're a diseased yak. You're a diseased yak. No regrets. No regrets. And so we have uh, uh, Marge, you know, by the window, and she's all, she's all worried. And, you know, Bart and Lisa are like, you know, what, what's wrong? And she's like, it's your father. And like, you know, he's missing. And they're like, no way. And she's like, he's been gone for two days. And they're like, well, what do you know? No, she's so right. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Burns is lamenting his creation. Uh, he says he was wrong to play God. Now flush that brain down the toilet. And Smithers is like, well, uh, shouldn't you put the brain back in its own body? Like, it's, its family probably misses him. And Burns is like, it's 1145. And Smithers gives him the puppy dog eyes. And so, you know, he's going to put them back together. Stitches him up. And he's alive. And so Burns owes Smithers a Coke, which is a reference we'll uh, catch uh, a few more times moving forward throughout The Simpsons, uh, usually on Halloween specials. Usually. I. Uh, and so Burns gets mad at his machine, kicks it, and the thing topples over on top of him. He could have gotten away, but he was very, very slow. And he says he's going to die. And so he gets Smithers to bring him some surgical tools and some ether. And then Homer wakes up because Bart bit him. And so Homer says he's going to shake the dew off the lily, which is a very sort of 
He's going to go pee. Yeah, fanciful way of saying that you're going to urinate. Drain the lizard. And Burns is on his shoulder. Burns' head. And so uh, Burns is like, oh, that's right. It's all a dream. And like the laughs maniacally and the credits come in. And then, which only happens once in a blue moon, but the narrator comes on and goes, next week on The Simpsons. And it's it's Homer with Burns's head stitched onto his body, and Lisa's like, "Don't forget, Dad's uh, all you can eat spaghetti dinner." And Homer's like, "Mmm, spaghetti." And Burns is like, "But Homer, we have uh, uh I don't even remember what it was. It was like we have like a uh, uh, like a, a a plans to to meet with Queen Beatrix of the Netherlands." And Homer's like, oh, "I hate having two heads," which Queen Beatrix was really the queen from night uh. uh uh, 1980 to 2013. Wow. Yeah, right? Uh, and so the episode uh, comes to an end. So, Sean, what would you say the lasting impact of this episode is? I watch it every Halloween, and so does everybody else. Yeah. The Treehouse of Horror's lasting impact is that they are timeless. They are timeless references to old horror movies, mm-hmm. and they'll never go down a path where they don't do horror and do... I don't know, a Kingsman parody or something. They'll never go down that path. They'll be canceled before then, right? Right? We can only hope, Sean. We can only hope. I I would argue, too, that the I feel like the formula for the Halloween specials is, is kind of coming into itself now. You know, this is a, a direct rip, of course, from last time where it's three different segments. But, you know, we have uh, different themed segments, you know, which for quite a few years after this one, uh, you know, it becomes kind of like a, a sort of like a, a little mini event. That ties the episode together. We're going to lose that. We only have one more that has that. Oh, event. that's right. It is only one more. Yeah, it's the next Halloween special. has got one where they're um, tri- they're all trick-or-treating and they come into the house. They're in the house with Marge's little like nighttime party with the kids. Although I will say that the uh, it's fairly similar, though it's not quite its own story. You have the like the Bard at the Museum. Yes, that's you know, the reference to Night Gallery, which is Rod Serling's other TV show. Oh, but I'll get more into that yeah. when we get to that episode. Of course, yeah. yeah. So I... Uh, as far as that goes, though, uh, Sean, uh, I did want to uh, uh, you know, just uh, make a, a quick mention, of course, of our Patreon page. Uh, so, you know, if you'd like to support the show, make sure to go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Noiseland Arcade is a part of the GameZilla Media Network. You can uh, support the show there. And for $5 a month, you get access to Smartline, a uh, bi-monthly special that we put out, uh, me and Sean, uh, as well as occasionally other guests and stuff. And we talk about different subjects. We uh, uh, do character deep dives. Uh, we, you know, previously have gone into like sort of like scandals like the Michael Jackson stuff. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff on there. So make sure to check that out. Uh but uh, Sean, what was your favorite quote from Halloween or the Treehouse of Horror two? Mine's a dumb one. Uh-huh. I gotta admit, mine's a dumb one, but it makes me laugh every time. Uh-huh. It's when Bart is driving the bus. Yeah, and Otto just yells out, "Hey, this is fun, isn't it? We're gonna die, aren't we?" <laughs> I lose it every time at Otto just being so elated at his death. Aren't we all elated at our deaths? So. Mine is kind of a, uh, another, it's a little bit of a weird one. So Homer has made his wish, and he, or he's about to make his wish. He goes, I'll make a wish that can't backfire. I wish for a turkey sandwich on rye bread with lettuce and mustard, and, and I don't want any zombie turkeys. I don't want to turn into a turkey myself, and I don't want any other weird surprises. You got it? 
Hey. Hmm. Not bad. Nice hot mustard. Good bread. Turkey's a little dry. The turkey's a little dry? Oh, foul, cursed thing! What demon from the depths of hell created thee? (laughs) 